we're going to continue on ministering along the lines of the love of God. And, you know, the only thing I would say is I'm being a little pressed because I really, the Lord has really released me this year to really talk about Christmas. So I, I think it's going to take me four weeks to teach on Christmas. Do you know within the Christmas story is, is literally everything. When Jesus came on the scene, and it's, it's just not like the world depicts it, right? You know, uh, But there's so much in it. And so I, I, I just believe it's going to be a good series. Um, so given that, this could be the last week. Now, you know, all this stuff is up to debate. Uh, we're not really debate. Uh, he, he tells me, he stirs me, and I just minister. And uh, it's a great way to live. So, so if we do end this series this week, then we'll just say this is part one. Because there is so much to the love of God. And uh, man, I'll tell you, 2023, I, I, I believe God wants December to be a launching pad for you into a freedom that you have never imagined in Christ. I, I believe it's going to be a year where we walk, walk in the freedom that Christ has provided for us. So anyway, I, I'm just excited about it. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. You know, let's pray because I got about eight directions here. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for each person here. Father, we thank you for all that are watching online. Father, all that will, will listen to these messages and outline them, take them around the world to people. Father, we thank you today that by your spirit, you're going to open the word of God to us in such a way where we will learn how to yield, yield to the love of God that has been shed abroad, that is literally gushing out of us, that we would learn to yield to that love and learn how to walk and operate and follow that love. Father, we thank you that the anointing that is here, it lifts burdens, it destroys yokes of bondage, so, Almighty Holy Spirit, we look to you to bring revelation knowledge of your word today, to open it to us in the name of Jesus. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. You know, I, before I forget, too, we had an incredible healing service Wednesday night, and uh, we just had a, a great time. And I want to encourage everybody, you know, we laid hands on many people. We laid hands on many, many claws as well. And so as those testimonies come in, please email those to the church so that we can start bringing them to the people. I'm believing God for miracles, for signs, wonders. It's time, right? This is the time of manifestation. So please do that. Amen. Well, hallelujah. I've got some wonderful notes in that notebook. But we better go to Matthew chapter 8. Let's go to Matthew chapter 8. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 8. Then when you get to Matthew chapter 8, turn over to Matthew chapter 22. Here we go, right? 
We believe him for utterance. You know the way church works, right? This is the way church works. Worship is not a preliminary. Did you know that? It's not preliminary. So we, we come, and, and what we do, we come to minister to the Lord in worship. And then even as Pastor Dave comes, and it's so, the reason why there's such an anointing upon him to minister is because we're ministering to the Lord, because when you then act even more on your worship, do you know, as you bring your tithes, as you sow offerings, that's worship. That, that's worship. So the, that, that whole first part of that service is us ministering to the Lord. And so now, you know, he's, he's here to minister to us, Amen. right? And so he wants to open the word of God as never before. So let's look at this story here. So here's Jesus. Let me see where I want to start. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, let's do this. Let's go to verse 34. It says here, but when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence. You, you know why the Sadducees were, were, were sad, you see, right? Because they didn't believe in the resurrection and they didn't even believe in angels. Wow, that's why they were sad. But to put, to put a Jewish Sadducee to silence... That's like miraculous, right? So anyway, let's, when he had put them to silence, they were gathered together, and then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, but look at the heart attitude that he was asking him with. Tempting him, saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, Thou shalt love, and it's the Greek word agape, Okay, the Greek word agape. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Wow. This is the Greek word agape that is used here. There's three words for love, okay, in the Greek language. See, agape love is unconditional love. We're going to talk about it. The love of God is the agape love. It's unconditional. It never considers itself. It considers the other person. It is completely void of selfishness and self-centeredness. Completely void of it. Then you have, you have eros love, right? Eros, that Greek word, that's like a a physical attraction, a sexual attraction. It's very natural, okay? It is, it is based on self-gratification. You are attracted to somebody for you, to gratify you. I mean, there's something, it's just pulling you. Do you know, sin can be birthed in eros, right? Your eyes meet... But because it's not agape, those eyes meeting from both of those people, or maybe just from one of them, it's self-centered, right? Now, do you have a physical attraction, even a sexual attraction in agape love? Yeah, absolutely, but it's completely different because it's not self-centered. See, eros, 
the minute that somebody no longer is attracted. So like if you're in a marriage and, immediate, and, and, and it, it, it's longer for different people, but all of a sudden somebody's, I, I don't love you anymore. See, that's not agape, that's eros, right? And, and that's why marriages end, things change, all this stuff. The reason why is because eros has in it self-centeredness. Then there's phileo. We get the word Philadelphia from that. It, it, it's brotherly love. But again, this band of brothers, this brotherly love, one argument can end it. Right? So, so this is real interesting. We're talking about agape love. This is saying that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Interesting. And remember, we said this, that love is not a feeling. Now, the agape love of God will produce feelings way, way deeper than eros or you know, phileo, right? It, it just way deeper. Because self-centeredness, this is a result of spiritual death. Every problem in all of our lives, if we caused it, it's because we got selfish or we got self-centered. Every one of them, right? So let's look at this more. So love's not a feeling, it's a person, right? Who is it? It's God. God doesn't have love, he is love. Love is, is, is acted out or is is literally shown forth in action. And the action, remember we've said this, is being a doer of the word. That's how you walk in love. It's the only way, right? So God's love, it's not of this world. A person who doesn't know God cannot have agape love, right? So it's amazing that the divorce rate in the church it literally is the same as the world. Sometimes the world's will raise a little more than the church. Then it drops. Sometimes the divorce rate in the church is more. Why is that? Because although the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, if we never learn how to yield to it, if we never learn to make a decision to follow love or to be a doer of the word, then we'll just, we're just going to live like people that don't know God. And we'll live in that eros and phileo love. But love is to be a spiritual force that literally comes out of your spirit and it will change the environment where you're at. I know for me, man, when the Lord started teaching me about all that the love of God is, and I'm telling you, you know, I was a mess because I was drawn, my personality and everything was twisted by this worthlessness and all this junk that the enemy had put on me, and I could go from nice Tony to nightmare Tony like that. And, and as a Christian, what that does is the nightmare Tony always results in massive inner turmoil. But then God started showing me this incredible 
ability to yield to this love that's been shed abroad in my heart. And now I could bring it. And even now, when I walk into a restaurant, when I walk into a store, uh, where I'm at a gas station, wherever I go, I am constantly conscious that there is a spiritual force, the very love of God, that he is actually reaching through me and it opens doors. All of a sudden, your eyes will meet somebody and they just are like, they're drawn to you. Well, why? Because we've been created to love these people on the earth, right? We're, we were created to do it because they must see that there is a love that's not selfish or self-centered, that there is a love with no strings, and it changes the environment. We're, doing, we're preaching on this so that the environment of your home could always be saturated with the love of God. Right? I mean, when Jeanette and I have gone and all you got to do is get out of your car at Pastor Dave and Leanne's house. You just sense the love of God and the peace of God. Don't you? I mean, it's, it's powerful. We believe for that in our house. Right? It's the love of God. It changes environments. It's so important that we know this. Old Testament, greatest commandment. Now this was given to a people that were spiritually dead. Right? But they were commanded to walk in love. They were commanded to walk in agape love. Right? This is, this is real interesting. Now, now this is Matthew's account of this. Let's jump over to Luke. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. Let's look at that. Luke chapter 10 and verse, I believe it's about verse 27. Let me see. Actually, we'll start in verse 25. So we're talking about, we're going back again to the beginning here because I want to, well, I don't really know the direction yet, but, um, but it, it, it's so cool when God does this because it all makes sense as, as we go. So if I get really excited, just that's just me going, wow, you're so awesome, right? You know, it's so funny, when, um, when Barry Tubbs was here, he, he's, he's kind of Kenneth Copeland's right-hand man, and when Copeland was at uh, Lord of Hosts for that convention, he came one Wednesday night, and, and after the service, Barry's like, man, that was, that was so good. He goes, I may, give you, I may give you credit for some of that, or I may not, when I use it, when I teach it, Right? And he goes, because like Brother, Brother Copeland always says, he goes, man, all this stuff is copyrighted. It's all from God, so we have a right to copy it, right? <laughs> I love that. It's all true. Anything good happening today is because of him, right? Look at verse 25 of Luke chapter 10. Now, if you think about how powerful this is, this interaction Think about the context. All of a sudden, Jesus in Luke 10, 19 is saying, listen, behold, I give you power, delegated authority over all, over all the power of the enemy, over all Satan's ability, and nothing is going to hurt you. Wow, and then after this now, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him saying, Master, this is verse 25, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So it's interesting. So in this interaction, 
this lawyer was saying, what's the greatest commandment and, and, and how could I inherit eternal life? It is, that's why you need to read, it's really not four gospels, it's literally one gospel told by four different people, but it, it fills all the gaps in. And he said unto him, Jesus said unto him, what is written in the law? How readest thou? So Jesus is kind of throwing a little back in his face, right? And the lawyer said unto him, and he, answered, and he answering said, or I'm sorry, and Jesus answering said, thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart. Okay, that was in, that was in Matthew's account. With all your soul, there, that was in Matthew's account. And then it says, and with all your strength. Now this is interesting because this word strength means with all your ability, with all of your power. Do you know God has placed abilities in you? That's many times what you do for work are based on the abilities that are within you, but your work is always to be a form of worship. You don't have competition because the blessing of the Lord's upon you. It'll rise you to the top while you're blessing others. But part of this word strength means, this is why honoring God in your finances is so important, because how you love God with all your strength, part of that is sowing from what the strengths are causing you to prosper, God's blessing is upon you, and then your ability, your power, your strength, you bring to him, you love him right? What is love? It's being a doer of the word, right? Does that, does that make sense? So now, let, now he said this, and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself, and he said unto him, thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. So now, what are they quoting? So let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 6, and I think I'm going to start in verse 1 here. Let's go back there and let's see when this commandment that they were that Jesus quoted, let's see when it was given. Now, what are we talking about? The greatest commandment in the law. Okay? So Deuteronomy chapter 6. And I think, you know, it, it talks about this in like verse 4 or 5, but I want to read the whole thing. I'm going to read the whole, the, all 13 verses here. Verses, when it starts in verse 4, and if you go on, verse 4 through verse 9, is what's called the Shema. And, and what that was, is that was something that the children of Israel would say once to up to three times a day. They were to say this all the time. They were to teach this to their kids. Everything in the Old Testament was to be, God was trying to show them that, that the love of God is what will motivate you to keep all your priorities straight. It'll cause you to be able to walk in my word and keep my statutes. It's not one of these things, do this or else, or don't do this or else. No, it was all to be motivated on love. So they were to say this all the time. So now, now check this out. This is going to, verse 4 is going to start the commandment, right? The greatest commandment that was quoted. However, I want you to see what leads up to it and what's after it. 
so you can see the benefit to these Old Testament people. Now, Deuteronomy 6.1, Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you. They were meant to teach. What were they to teach? That man, we need a Savior. We need Jesus, right? That you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it, that you might fear the Lord thy God. See, when a person, New Testament believer, when you have no revelation of how much God loves you, your ability to reverence, honor, and respect him above every, everybody else, you won't be able to do that. But the more you realize how much God loves you, the more you're able to give yourself to him the right way. Does that make sense? So let's keep going with this. Which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life. He's, he's giving this so that they can walk, them, their children, and their grandchildren, so that they can walk reverencing, honoring, and respecting God above everything else in life, all the days of their life. That's the goal. Okay? So now let's keep going. And look at this. And that thy days may be prolonged. God wants you to not only lay hold of the inheritance that you've been given, but he wants you to live in it. He wants your days prolonged. So now it says this, Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with you, and that you may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that flows with milk and honey. And so now here is the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Here's the Trinity. They are the three who are one. They operate as one. Okay? And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words which I command you this day shall be in your heart. And you shall teach them diligently unto your children. Do you know that word teach literally means you are to engrave them diligently in your children. Engrave. This is not just a flippant once in a while. What are you to teach your children? Man, you better listen to me or else. Nope. Look at what it says. You got to teach them to love the Lord your God with their whole personality, with everything. If you teach your kids that, what happens is now a, a revelation of, they, of how much God loves them will literally change everything in their life and it'll cause them to run after him. Okay? And you'll teach them diligently unto thy children and shall talk with them when you sittest in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You're talking about it all the time. You're to talk about how God loves you all the time. Right? You know what's sad is, see, this is, 
Satan wants to separate you from faith because you can't lay hold of anything. Faith works by love. So Satan loves offense. Because if you get offended, the Bible says that when somebody's offended, they're entrapped, tripped up, they're caused to distrust who they shouldn't trust. You know what's really sad? Just in the short time that I've been pastoring this church, seeing parents who get offended and at home, the Bible says that they will stain others. You want to stay away from, you know, actually, we're to never associate with offended Christians. Why? Because God loves them so much that if, no, if all of a sudden they are excommunicated, right, under the love of God, which means, hey, if you ever want to stop, then I, I could associate with you. But if you're offended, I'm not, I'm not I, I can't spend any time because an offended person will use their mouth and permanently stain others. It's really sad when I've run into people and all of a sudden their children who just adored me, they kind of look at me. And they're 12 or 13 years old. And it, it almost makes me want to fall on the ground and start weeping because those parents love their children. But those parents almost just set in place that I'm never going to go to church, I'm never going to trust a pastor, I'll go if my parents make me, but man, when I'm done with that, I'm out, right? We have to be careful. We are to be talking about how God loves us all the time. This is, this is Old Testament, but this will teach us a lot, right? It says, and you'll bind them, verse 8, as a sign upon your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them upon the post of your heart and on your gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought you into the land which he swore unto your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which you did not build, and houses full of good things, which you filled not, and wells digged, which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees, which you didn't plant, when you shall have eaten and be full. Then beware, lest you forget the Lord, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him, and thou shalt swear by his name. When you shall come out of spiritual death, New Testament believer and when you're given all things that pertain to life and godliness when you are made a success when healing's been provided for you when when prosperity has been provided for you and you're eaten and you're full and you're overflowing don't forget don't forget the lord right what 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 do we remember as christians that i am to love him but I understand as a New Testament believer now, I'm born again. I have literally been given the unconditional love of God. And now, not only can I know His unconditional love for me, but it now propels. It's a spiritual force that will literally constrain me. It will take hold of me. Have you ever had the love of God do that? You get in a situation and all of a sudden, I'm thinking of a situation where all of a sudden you are hearing a devastating thing that somebody did to you. 
And, and everything about your flesh would be, okay, this is a simple thing. Just get me a baseball bat. And you can't even go there because this force comes out of your spirit and grabs hold of you and takes hold of you and holds you. And you're looking at this person and all you can do is love them. And, and you literally, see, I don't know if we'll get here, but the love of God, it not only causes you to forgive, but it causes you to forget. What does that look like? That means that you treat that person who damaged you as if they never did. Do you know that's the way God is? He made you brand new. Every mistake you make as a Christian, you'll never have to stand before him and give an account of it. Right? If you talk to him about it and really push the issue, he's going to be like, okay, well, let's open the books. And, you know, you, let's, okay, Tony, you want to talk to me about this stuff you did? How many times you first John 1, 9 me? Well, let's just really look at it. I, I don't, there is no record. Oh, well, oh, yeah, Tony, actually, there is a record. Jesus, can you, can you lift up? Just lift up, oh, yeah, there's a record. There, there's, there's, there's marks on his body when all your sin was condemned in his body. Right? We forgive. We walk unconditionally in love with people, with each other. Why? Because we know how he's loved us. And it, it literally fuels everything. Wow, how can I not preach on this for hours and hours? So this is the first and great commandment, that we are to love God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. So now let's go back to Matthew 22, okay? Let's go back to Matthew 22. Let's look at the second commandment. You guys doing okay this morning? Man. See, what, what, is, what is compassion? You know, Jesus, when he was on the earth, he would be moved by compassion and would heal all their sick. Have you ever been moved by compassion? I know you all have. When you come, I mean, this happens to me in a service sometimes. I'm drawn to somebody. And especially when I know they're supposed to receive Christ or respond and they're not. And I see compassion is when literally you can feel God's love for another person. You could feel the love that he has for them. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's overwhelming. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's one of the th ways that, I mean, God... You know how it says that we pray all manner of prayer stirred by the Spirit? I could tell you what stirs. Do you know your prayer life hangs or stands on a revelation of God's love for you? How does he stir you? All of a sudden, you'll be sitting in your chair, driving a car, doing whatever, and all of a sudden, you will start to literally feel 
God's love in your spirit for someone else. And that's when you're praying effectively. So much so, you know, you could pray for those that despitefully use you. It's amazing. It's amazing. So let's look at this. Matthew chapter 22, here we go, verse 39. And the second commandment is like unto it, thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. Now look at what it says here. On these two commandments hang, this Greek word, or this Hebrew word, I'm sorry, this Greek word hang could be translated hang, but really maybe more accurately stand. So I don't really, it doesn't really matter. But it says on these two commandments, hang or stand all the law and the prophets. So think about this. All 613 laws and ordinances and everything in the Old Testament, it hangs on these two. Think about that. I mean, you know, so the Ten Commandments, it's just ten of them. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet another man's wife. Well, how do you do that? How, 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 what's, how does that hang? It hangs on... You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. It stands on it. Everything. So think about hang. Think about it like a curtain rod. We've learned some things in the last several weeks, right? Your faith hangs on love. Your prayer life hangs on love. Gaining revelation knowledge of this word only comes, it hangs on the love of God. Your authority as a believer hangs on this. Your identity hangs on this. The anointing hangs on this. Everything, all the blessings of God are like curtains that hang on the New Testament commandment, the new commandment that he gave us. Right? That we're to love each other as God loves us. The Old Testament, all of it hang, or think of it this way, stand, right? So for Pastor Dave and everybody, I'll hear about how good I looked standing up here, right? Uh, I just can't bring myself to do it. But it's like, it's like, it's like all the law stands on those two. All of it. New Testament commandment that we're going to get into in John, it all stands or hangs on this law. In other words, can you walk by faith without walking in a revelation knowledge of how God loves you? No. Can you even know who you are? No. Can you know the word? No. Can you be led by the Spirit of God? Nope. Let, we better, let's, let me make a little more clarity with this. So now we're here. Let's go to John chapter 13, verse 34. Let's, let's get out of the Old Testament because now, see, something happened to you and I. So now we can actually do this. Because when we got born again, the Holy Spirit put a new spirit in us 
And then he shed the love of God, the agape love of God abroad in our hearts. So now we have the ability to love unconditionally. So now Jesus says this in John 6, or I'm sorry, John 13, verse 34. It says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. They'll know that we're identified with him if you have love one to another. Considering the other person. We're to minister grace to others. We're to speak life to others. Do you know how many times I hear in a church that somebody will come up to somebody who loves them, but will say something that just rocks their world in a negative way? It doesn't happen a lot here, but it does happen. Right? People will come up and they will say things that, that they don't even realize that was thrown into their mind by the enemy and they're, 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 just, they're saying something to somebody that hurts them. Right? Things you should never say in a church. Never walk up to a lady and say, oh, you look tired. Are you tired? Because what she hears is, I'm ugly. Why, what, what am I, did I not do my makeup right? It rocks people's world, right? If somebody's going through something, don't, don't make them talk about it. In other words, what do we do? You got to look down on the inside and let love be the motivation of everything that you say and everything that you do so that everything that you say and everything that you do reflects him. And it lifts people up. That's really what we all want, isn't it? Now, will we mess up? Yeah. But, but just, I'll tell you, part of walking and yielding to the love of God, here's a big one. You're going to have to learn this phrase, I apologize. You don't, have, don't, don't say I'm sorry, because you're not sorry. You're a world overcomer. You've been cleansed. You've been, you're righteous. But I apologize I, here's, here's a really hard one, I was wrong. You know, we better say that. Just, just so, I, so you could leave here today and know that you can say this. All right, are you ready? One, okay, everybody get ready. Two, three, I was wrong. That will bring, now see, nobody died right there. There was a lot of, but in your mind, right, you were hearing, yeah, but my wife, my husband, my kids, right, whatever. It's so freeing. Do you know you could, you, do you know you could, um, you could love your enemies all the way to becoming rich financially? <laughs> right? Because see, the blessing of God is already yours, but it stands or hangs on the law of love. So is there any place for unforgiveness? That's not an option for a believer. You have to look at unforgiveness as poison. It negates, every, it, it negates your ability to receive anything from God. Wow. 
By this shall all men know that you're my disciples. So let's jump over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's look at this. Verse 4. You guys know this scripture. I should say it this way. You guys have read this scripture. (laughs) To know fully? Wow. So I think all of us know this in different measures. The good news is that measure will grow throughout all eternity. Right? So look at this. Now in the King James it says charity. We're not talking about Ryan and Carissa's daughter today. So we are, you know, you guys are going to get a mental picture of this cute little girl sitting there on a, on a video announcement screen, right? With the all-in shirt. No, no, we're talking, the word charity in the King James means love. So I'm going to read it that way. Number one, love, now it's talking about the agape love of God. Love suffers long. In other words, it's long-suffering. You have patience in circumstances. You don't have patience with people. You have long-suffering with people. And every wife said, amen. Because they got to suffer long with us as husbands, right? Right? Husbands? Okay, guys, say this after me. Here we go. I was wrong. Come on, pastor, get your confession right. <laughs> Call those things which be not as... That doesn't... No, that's not, that's not what we're talking about there. Charity or love suffers long and love is kind. Love does not envy. Love vaunteth not itself. Love doesn't brag. Okay? Love is not puffed up. In other words, love never gets into pride. Pride, what does pride do? The first thing it does is it blinds you. If you're in pride, you think you're always right and everybody else is wrong. And when pride has its full work, it'll destroy you. Right? So, look at this. Love does not behave itself unseemly. That means ugly or indecently. Love doesn't throw fits, right? And everybody's flesh said, ouch. (laughs) Love, look at this. This is the power of it. Love, the agape love of God, never seeks her own. Wow. See, I could love my wife unconditionally. I could love her When I stood and I said, listen, I'm making a covenant with you almost 33 years ago. I could love her unconditionally because I have the love of God within me. So it's not based on her behavior. It's not based on what happens to her. She will never, ever, ever have to wonder if I will ever leave, if I'll ever just say whatever, see you later. No, no. I won't because of why? Because of the love of God. It's unconditional. It doesn't seek its own. And everybody's flesh said, ouch, right? Look at this. It seeks not our own. The love of God is not easily provoked. And the love of God thinks no 
evil. Wow. The love of God rejoices not in iniquity. That means moral, morally wrong. But the love of God rejoices in the truth. It rejoices in the word. So in other words, the love of God, it doesn't rejoice when somebody messes up and hurts you. But the love of God does rejoice in the truth that I'll pray for those that despitefully use me, that I'll do good to those, that if somebody asks me for my jacket, I'll give them my shirt. Does that make sense? Because it's free. You're free that way. Love, the agape love of God, can bear all things. See, self-centeredness can't bear anything. It believes all things. Isn't that amazing? It hopes all things and it endures all things. And then we're going to read the the last, the, the cherry on top, the agape love of God never fails. So don't be afraid of walking in love. It'll never fail. It'll never, ever fail. So now let's jump over to 1 John. You knew we had to get here. 1 John chapter 3 in verse 14. Again, we've read this scripture a couple times. We're going to read it again. Look at this. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love our brothers or our brethren. That's our brothers and sisters. I know that I'm born again. It confirms it as I look at my brothers and sisters and care about them and love them and believe the best. That's how I know. You know, we got a lot of people wanting to be in ministry. They love the thought of ministry, but they don't love people. They want people to come listen to them because I want to teach, but they don't care. Wow. Thank God we don't have any of that around here, right? Man, this is so, so very important. He that loves not his brother abides in death. Wow. Abides in death. I'm telling you, if there's any unforgiveness in your heart, you need to get your mouth in gear and make a decision to follow love. You know how we say love is a decision? Well, love is a decision to follow love, which is to be a doer of the word, which means I just forgive. I just walk in love. And you know what? People might think, wow, pastor, they're taking advantage of you. No, they're not. No, no, love never fails. Because I'm going to be above only and not beneath. I'll be the head and not the tail. Has nothing to do with what they're doing to me. I'm not looking to them. Right? It's amazing when you get into self-centeredness, that person that hurts you, even though they're not around, they're constantly hurting you. I wonder what they're doing. You run into them. I wonder what, you know, gosh, it looks like they're doing better than I'm doing. Get over all that stuff. No, 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 no. Love never fails. I love that. Let's go to chapter 4. Let's look at verse 7 and verse 8. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, 
and everyone that loveth is born of God, and here's a big one, and knows God. Everyone who loveth, everyone who is a doer of God's word, is what? Is born of God and knows God. It's the Greek word genosko. Knows God intimately, where now something can be conceived in you and birthed out of you. That's revelation knowledge of God. Because remember, to walk by faith, how do you walk? You meditate in the word of God. God reveals something about himself, revelation knowledge, and then you progress. That's why walking in love is so very important. There are so many believers that are not figuring out God's plan for their life because they're not walking in love. For me, you know, I had some people in my life that hurt me growing up. But man, I dealt with that really easy. You know, the, the one thing about thinking you're worthless is you could kind of give it up to people. You know, you're just like, yeah, whatever, you know. But man, the Lord told me one time, now we got to deal with the person that you're really walking in unforgiveness with. You know who that was for me? The biggest one? It was me. I had to let it go. How did I do that? As I learned how much God loved me. And what he said about me. See, when you realize what, how God loves you, then all this stuff starts making sense. Otherwise, you'll think, well, that can't really be true because I don't even love myself. You see that? You gotta, you gotta walk in forgiveness. So very, very, very important. He that loveth is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God. Because God is love. Wow. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Then he says, herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and set his son to be a propitiation for our sins. He sent Jesus to be the mercy seat where the blood would pour out and eradicate our sin. Wow. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. See, that will rid you of self-centeredness. We got to go back. Let's go back to Romans chapter 5. I got I to gotta read this again so that you know this happened. This was, like, this was like the second greatest miracle that ever happened in your life. The first one was he took out the dead and separated spiritually dead spirit that you were. He took that spirit out and it's gone forever and made you brand new. And then he came and lived inside of you. That was miracle number one. Greatest miracle of your life. Miracle number two is Romans 5.5. 5. So let's look at this. And hope maketh not ashamed... Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. It's poured forth. The word literally means is gushing out of you. In other words, God's love will now lead me on the inside. 
Wow. Because of this, now I can I could dominate my emotions, my senses, my feelings. They no longer will drive me. The love of God, it's the greatest power in the world, will grab hold of my feelings and my emotions. It'll grab hold when I see the wrong thing that ticks me off. It'll grab hold of me so that I can, I can operate correctly. Because never forget, life and death is in the power of your tongue. And if you ever start walking in self-centeredness, selfishness, and you start speaking what you're seeing, what you're feeling, what you're, what you're hearing, it's going to take you down a wrong way. You're handing yourself death. But oh, if you'll let the love of God grab hold of you now, it produces nothing but life. The love of God will pull out all of the lies of the enemy. All those strongholds, all that vain imagination, all that junk. Because you are not what you do if you're a Christian. You've been made free. You just have to learn that you're free. But it's impossible to learn that if you don't know how much God loves you. See, there's people that have messed up over and over and over and over again. Like I'm talking to some people right now. I don't know if they're here or online. But they've kind of given up on themselves because they've tried this thing so many times. They just keep trying and falling and trying and falling. Listen, the lie is you don't know how much God loves you. So go back and feed on that and start speaking that. It'll change everything. All of a sudden, an addiction that seems so big will literally seem like nothing and will fall off of you. Why? Because the love of God changes your environment. It's so, so important. The love of God, it's shed abroad in our hearts. James chapter 1, let's talk about this. Because I want you to see, and I'm telling you, we could teach for weeks on this, and you could see these principles that I've talked about. You can see them over and over and over and over. It encompasses everything. James chapter 1. How many in here have been like me where you just, you just never could make it work? It just, I remember just thinking, gosh, I want this so bad. I started hearing faith and I'm devouring the word and I never could seem to make it work because I keep messing up i'm so glad i keep run, i kept running back to him and then all of a sudden it all made sense when i understood how much he loved me and then i'm like going why in the world did i let all that stuff mess me up so long have you ever been bound and now you're free let me see your hands because if you haven't you need you need to talk to raise keep them up there talk to if you don't have your hand raised right now or if this is not you talk to some of us because I'm telling you, I've been bound, and now I'm free. Free is better. Much, much better. Hallelujah. So James chapter 1, look at this. 
Verse 22, now what is this about? Well, this is a passage about being a doer of the word. Pastor, I thought you were talking about love, walking in love. Yeah, we are. The doer of the word is how you walk in love. So let's look at a picture of this. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Satan doesn't have to deceive the hearer only. If you're not doing it, if you're not, because love is an action, right? For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened unto a man, so this is what that person is like. Beholding his natural face in a glass, in the Greek, that word would be closely, it would be better mirror, because it's talking about a mirror. He's like a man that beholds his face in a mirror. He beholds himself, so He looks to inspect himself and goes, what way does he go? His way. See, the love of God will grab hold of you. It'll constrain you. It'll take hold of you so you always go God's way. So you all, it'll keep you on your path. So it'll keep you in light because your own way is darkness the hearer only beholds himself immediately he or he goes his way jumps right back into his life and right away at once forgets what manner of man he was what do you mean he was when he was looking in the mirror he immediately forgets but what is the doer but whoso looketh And this Greek word means to look and keep on looking. So I keep on looking as I walk through life into the perfect law of liberty. What is that? It's the word, right? Keeps on looking into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his doing. Now think about that. Now did you catch that one part? He being not a forgetful hearer. What is the difference? Why are some walking in the blessing of God and others are not? Because they're forgetting. They're just forgetting. And I'm telling you, sometimes this is why some people, man, they love coming to church. They come in here, they just get all built up. And then they need Wednesday night because, man, you know, I got to come back because I just kind of, it's tough out there, right? This is why we do this. You have Sunday morning. If you're a teenager, high school or middle schooler, you got Sunday night. And then if you're a morning person and you're a male, we have men's Bible study at 6.30 Tuesday morning. You come hear the word again. Then Wednesday night you could come, Right? And then on the first and third Saturdays, if you're a man, you could come at 8, eight o'clock in the morning. And man, we have just a phenomenal, you could get fed again. And we warm that room up for our wonderful ladies. And you could always tell, Leanne comes in. I hear about it from Pastor Dave. Oh, she is so excited about, and you could see it all over. I, when I look at you, I look at myself. I'm just like, this isn't a message she's preaching. This is coming out of every fiber of her being, Right? And so you could come if you're a lady at 10 o'clock to 11.30, right? And then if that's not enough, man, you could come Sunday morning. There's people that come here Sunday morning. 
And, they, and one's not enough. they got to stay for two. Talk to Wayne. Talk to my mother-in-law. See, Kathy will tell me which one's better. <laughs> right? But she loves it all. She loves it all. So look at this. The key to being a doer is so simple. Just look and keep on looking. That means when you hear that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, then what you do when you leave, when you talk about all this stuff, God loves me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God loves me. He gives me the victory. Always causes me to triumph. Right? Every plant that has been planted in me that is not of him, he's going to uproot it. The renovation of my mind so that my life could be transformed. All because he loves me. He's given me authority. You have messes going on in your life. And you're just like, no. Satan, I'm no more. I know you have no authority and I have all the authority in the name of Jesus. So you get out of here. Get out of my body, get out of my finances, get out of my family, right? That's how we live. So let's go to Romans chapter 8. Look at this. This is the great victory chapter. And it says this, For the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus. What is that law? The law of love has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now I'll give you a whole sermon series on this. If you study this out, what is the law of the spirit of life which is in Christ Jesus? It is literally God's very nature. It is love. The love of God. What comes out of love is faith. Faith works by love. And that enables an individual to lay hold of all that God has given them in Christ. I'm free from the law of sin and death. What is that? The law of sin and death is the very nature of spiritual death. It's the very nature of Satan. It is selfishness and self-centeredness. You see it. Go, go read the account of the fall. The minute Adam and Eve fell, immediately they were self-centered. So now it's selfishness and self-centeredness. What was the first thing that happened? You see, for the first time in the Word of God, fear comes on the scene. Why? Because what selfishness and self-centeredness, what comes out of that, is fear. Why are people afraid today? Because they're thinking of themselves. They're operating in the law of sin and death. But the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, has made us free. See, what comes out of selfishness and self-centeredness is fear, and it opens the door so that Satan can come and steal, kill, and destroy. That's that scripture. The love of God will keep you free from all of it. Isn't that good news?